so I don't know. Here we are. So we're going we're gonna to go to the word of the Lord today. Amen. <clears throat> we're going to Matthew chapter 16. I tell you what, let's stand again because you'll be seated unless I really preach a red hot one and somebody runs an aisle today. So I don't know, I can designate some aisle runners. Jonathan, would you be an aisle runner? Good, thank you very much. I could tell by the look in your eyes you was expecting and waiting on that. Maybe Vernie will follow you. Amen. Matthew chapter 16 and verse number 17. I'm going to try to finish up my thought from last week on uh, any old church, okay? So Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, they were talking about who, who, Jesus said, who do men think I am? And they said, they think that, some of them think that you're one of the prophets. They think you're Elijah. They think you're Jeremiah. Some of them you think you're John the Baptist. But Peter said, I know who you are. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the anointed one. And that's where this response that we read is, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so I want to try to finish up today on any old church talking about any old church today. Amen? Amen. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for keeping the lights on. Thank you for carrying the torch. Thank you for bringing the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Hallelujah. Whoever brought that, we love you for it. Amen. Any old church. So the church, uh, word church in the Bible comes from the Greek word ekklesia, which means calling out. So the church is the called out ones, okay? We're the called out ones. Uh, we are especially a religious congregation, Jewish synagogue, or Christian assembly or community. Also the saints, <coughs> excuse me, the saints of the Most High are known as the church. You get into the book of Revelation and it talks about the church it's talking about the called out ones. So when you are part of a church, it's not a building. It's not here on 1803 Jeanette Drive, Greater Vandalia, Illinois, 62471. It's not the building, but it's the people. We're the, we make up the church. All of us here make up the church. When we leave this, we're still part of the church. We're just not in the building. And so... Uh, the Lord said there's going to be power in the church. He said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. So, number one, if Jesus said it, i got to believe it. So, the devil, so whenever the devil tells you he's going to take you out, no, he's lying. Okay? Whenever the devil says you're going under, know that he, you're not going under. And he said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And he said, also, I'm going to put binding power in the church. I'm going to make the church a force to be reckoned with on the earth, and they're going to be able to bind. Not only are they going to be able to bind, but they're going to loose. 
And so the church is going to have power and the church is going to have authority. Let me say today to the people watching this broadcast, we here know this. If you're not going to a church that has authority in the spirit realm, you may need to look for a different church. Because the church, the original church that started in the New Testament had authority. The church in the, in the New Testament that was the original church that started on the day of Pentecost had binding power. And it had loosing power. Amen. Hallelujah. Not only that, but the church had gifts in it. The church had the Holy Spirit rolling in it. We'll get on that a little bit later. I talked a little bit last night, last week about uh, saying, well, you know, when I accepted Christ, and, you know, I hate to tell everybody that, and, and I won't for too long, too hard, but uh, there's no scripture in the Bible that says you accepted him. He did say in John 15, 16 that you've not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So you have been chosen by the Lord. We all have been chosen by him and that uh, whatsoever we should ask in, uh, of the Father in his name, he would give it to us. And so we found that out, and he said, the thing that I command you is that you love one another. He said, you've got to have love toward one another. If the world hate you, know that it hated me before it hated you. you were, if you were of the world, the world would love his own, but because you are not of the world... But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Guess what? The world does not like church people. One of the biggest things and issues that is dividing our country right now is the conflict in Israel. Have you ever wondered why the world hates the Jews? Why is there so much anti-Semitism in the world? And it's not just from everyday folks out in the country. It's not just from the rednecks. Okay? Not all rednecks are racist. Not all rednecks are bigots. There are city rednecks that are bigots. Okay? It's everywhere. Why does the world hate the Jews? We have politicians. We have a political party that is wanting to back the terrorist. What's that all about? We're supposed to be a Christian nation. One of the biggest problems that I can find for the anti-Semitism is this. Jesus was a Jew. The Savior of the world was of Jewish physical descent. So therefore, he said, if the world hates me, they're going to hate you also. So that must mean that there is a dividing line between love and hate, between in the church and in the world. Amen? Matthew 1, 20 and 21, we found out that the, the angel said, he appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Fear not, thou son of David, David to take Mary for thee to thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Not in their sins, from their sins. Guess what? I am from Maryland. Thank you. 
kind of waiting for welcome earthling from Maryland when you go somewhere on a trip somebody says where are you from you tell them where you're from you are not there at that present time you are from there the Lord did not come to save us in our sins for us to be saved blood washed Holy Ghost filled water baptized and all of that business just to remain in our sins he came to save us from our sin he came to get us out of that mess he came to get us out of all that trash so that's what we talked about last week and so first Corinthians 6 9 through 11 we talked about this too it says don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God it's amazing to me how many people think everybody's going to heaven. I'll run that by you one more time. It's amazing to me how many people in this world think everybody is going to heaven. If everybody is going to heaven, why did the prophet have to write, Hell hath enlarged herself? Why did Jesus say, Straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, and few there be that find it. But broad is the way, and wide is the way that leads to destruction. So believe it or not, there are people who are not all going to heaven. Oh, man. And then it gets even worse in my narrow mind. Somebody said, you have a narrow, such a narrow mind, if you fell on a pin, you'd poke both eyes out. Yes, probably. But the Lord made me this. I don't, he just did. He just made me this way. What in the, what in the world? There are people who go to church that aren't going to make it. Guess, I'm going to get even more narrower. It's going to be so thin like a piece of paper. There are people that have been in, through these doors that aren't going to make it. There are people that have been through these doors that aren't going to make it. There are people that have been here and left, and I went to their funerals. And to, and to the best of my ability and what I know about the Scripture and where I saw them at their last moments or where they were in their last moments, I was hoping to God they got a quick repentance in. I was hoping. But I don't know. But we know that not everybody's going to heaven. I know that offends some people, but, you know, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You ever heard that old song? <laughs> everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. I got a little bit of bluegrass flair to that. You know what I'm saying. Everybody wants to be in church, but nobody wants to live like church because they want to still have fun out in the world. You know what God, Jesus said this, he said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they had problems with me, they're going to have problems with you. And then we looked at all this and he said, those who indulge, this is Paul writing here, in sexual sin, they worship idols, they commit adultery, they're prostitutes, they practice homosexuality, 
Oh, by the way, anybody check and see if I got beeped out by Facebook when I read this scripture last week on Facebook? Don't know? Okay. Or they're greedy, or they're thieves, or they're drunks, or they're abusive, or they cheat people? None. Everybody say none. Everybody say it again. None. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. So either the Bible is wrong, or our 2021 Oh, our 2021 personal translation of the Holy Scriptures is wrong. Because I know people who are committing adultery and they think they're still going to heaven. Man. I think I'll just sit in here and preach a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You know people at your job that claim to be Joseph Christian. Oh, I'm sorry, Brother Joe. Um, Freddie, Freddie Christian. They claim to be Freddie Christian. And they cuss like a sailor. And they cheat on their income taxes. Worse than that, they cheat on their spouse. And yes... They took up the offering at First Church of the Refrigerator Sunday. Because they're an usher church. They're a deacon. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm saying that our 2021 uh, thinking is really whacked out of shape according to what the scriptures say. We want to say any old church will do. Any old church you go to will do. But guess what? Some of you were once like that. That's what Paul said. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God. By calling on the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. We used to be like that. Guess what? When you come to church and you get in the kingdom, there has to be a different set of standards that we live by then. Amen? Anybody ever been to McDonald's? Every, oh, come on, every one of us. Bobby Page there three times a day, I've seen. Because I'm right behind him. Hallelujah, following him. You've been to McDonald's. Guess what? When you work at McDonald's, do you get to wear what you want to wear? No. How about this? You ever been to Walmart? Have you seen those beautiful blue vests at Walmart that six plastic bottles made? I don't know how those bottles turned into that vest. But it's what it says. Have you read that sign on somebody's back? They wear vest. Walmart, they wear vest. Why? Because you have to wear what you do when you're part of that system. Well, we're part of the kingdom of heaven. We have to live according to the kingdom of heaven's standards. We're part of the kingdom of heaven, so we have to live accordingly. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, new, new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Man, when I came into it, I wasn't very good. When I got in this thing almost 40 years ago, I wasn't very good. I had a lot of work that needed done to me. And through the years, God has worked on me, and he's made me a nice guy. Amen? He's made me a nice guy. Yes. Because you understand personalities. There's four different personality brackets. There's choleric, there's sanguine, there's melancholy, there's phlegmatic. 
I don't have time to get into all of them right now, but each one of us are fit into one or two or three of those. We're a blend usually of something. And one of my, one of my deals is that I can be very crass, very mean, very brash, very bold, very just cruel. I have extremely warm hands. What does that put the condition of my heart in? I heard that way back there. Way in the balcony, I heard that cold. But through the years, the Lord has tempered my personality and tried to help me to become a nice guy and tried to help me understand And you know, there was words I used to say before I got in the kingdom that after I got in the kingdom, I quit saying them. There was clothes I used to wear that when I got in the kingdom, I quit wearing those clothes. There were places I used to go before the kingdom that after I got in the kingdom, I stopped going to. Oh, now here's a hard one. There were people that I hung around before I got in the kingdom that I stopped hanging around after I got in the kingdom because number one, they didn't want what I had. Number two, I wasn't going to let them drag me down and pull me back out in that ditch. Amen. I'm tired and I'm, I was sick and tired of living in that ditch of sin and living down in the mully grubs and being depressed all the time and having a tear in my beer. Hallelujah. What I wanted was I wanted to live in light and glory and power. I wanted to be in his presence. I wanted to be in a place where I could feel his presence walk into the room. I wanted to be to a place where I could hear him talk to me. Where I could talk to him and he could talk to me. I was standing at a store one time in line. You know, one of those Black Friday deals. Actually, I didn't, never mind. I ain't going into a lot of detail. And I'm standing in line. And I'm standing beside some guys. And some, the guy in front of me was talking to the other guy in front of him. And I mean, I felt like I was at the F-bomb factory. But, you know, I realize that that word is now used for everything. It's a conjunction. It's an adjective. It's a verb. It's a noun. It's an adverb. It's a preposition. It's everything. And I just listened to the conversation. And, you know, when you're standing there in line waiting on your product and you're there two hours early, you got some time to kill. So eventually... The gentleman turns around and starts talking to me, the F-bomb dropper. And he says, so, what's your name? I told him. What do you do? Oh, I pastor a church. Really? I said, yeah. Yeah, I do. I pastor a church. Well, he said, I go to church. And I said, really? As Brother Alinkoff would say, really, really. And then I said, well, where do you go to church? And he told me. And I hope that my mouth did not fly open. And I just wanted, because I knew his pastor, and I thought, does your pastor know you dropping F-bombs like seed of corn in a garden on an early spring day? You're planting 12, 12 per foot, spaced out accordingly. You're just dropping them. 
Because if I would not have known where he went to church or who his pastor was, if I would have just been, you know, listening and judging by what he was saying and how he was saying it, I would think that he was the farthest thing from his mind would be going to church. But you see, this religion that we live in today, this religious attitude, this religious spirit, where I can do anything I want, I can say anything I want. If I want to go to a party and I want to put my keys in the bowl and I want to take somebody else's keys for the night, and you don't just get the keys, I'm telling you, but I ain't going any further in that either. But I'm telling you this, if that's all right, I can just do that too. You see, there is a point in time where God is going to become a judge and he is going to judge between the true church and between the church, just any old church. Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm thankful today that I pastor a church that we're willing to say homosexuality is a sin. We love the homosexual, but we hate the sin they're in. We love the adulterer, but we do not love the sin that they're in. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There has to come a difference and a line drawn in our lives. Just any old church is not going to do. Paul said, before Christ, your old things now are gone. You don't do them anymore. You don't act like that anymore. You don't live like that anymore. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Oh, oh, oh. 2 Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Guess what? When you got baptized in the name of Jesus in the waters of baptism, that circumcision of the heart began to cut away all of that dead, nasty flesh in your life. That old sinful nature, it was cut away. Hallelujah. You killed it with repentance when you said, God, forgive me of my sins. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to turn away. That's what repent is. I'm turning away from my sin, and I'm walking toward you, Jesus. I believe that I'm in a house full of people today that are willing to walk for Jesus, that are willing to go and say, I'm willing to go to the 10th degree and to the nth degree. I'm willing to go far and beyond whatever the word says because I don't want to be just in any old church. I'm talking about the church of the living God. One of these days when the trumpet sounds, hallelujah, he's coming back for a church without spot and without wrinkle and without blemish or any such thing. And I want to be in that number. Amen. Anybody else here want to be in that number? If you want to be in that number, give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. Oh, You know, I'd like to have, i like to have a big church. I've worked in big churches. I've worked in churches of 400, 500, 600. I was on staff at one. The one church that ran 600, I knew, I knew more people's names than the pastor did because of the area that I was working in. I was working with new believers and new converts and visitors, guests. I like to have pastor a big church. 300. 500. Hey, 10,000. We got 13.8 acres. We got some room. We had to ditch a little water off. 
Amen. Might have to shoot a few raccoons once in a while, groundhogs. I mean, no, uh, for all you out there in Peter land, no, we're just going to trap them with carrots and lettuce and set them free. Tell you what, we'll set them free in all of the Peter's backyards. Amen. And they can just burrow and dig and scrape and scratch. But I cannot compromise the message. I cannot compromise the message. I cannot say, you know what, just come in here and I'm going to preach to you a seeker-friendly service and we're all going to have a good time and we're going to sing songs that don't offend anybody and we're going to make sure that everybody's happy and you walk out the door and you know what, we get so big, Clark's going to be running sound three times on a weekend. He's going to run it on Saturday night, he's going to run it on Sunday morning, and then Sunday afternoon. He's going to be all, because people just keep coming in and out. And you know, did you hear what's going on down there at Family Worship Center? They got big old crowds. Well, I don't, I, I'd rather get to heaven than have a big crowd. Amen? I'd rather get to heaven than, than get my kids to heaven and my family to heaven than to just say, you know what? We had a big crowd. Lord, we had a big crowd in your name. But no, I've got to get rid of that old sinful nature. I've got to get repent of it, and I've got to get rid of it. And then Christ, God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave you or all our sins. He canceled the record. Look at this. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. He took all the charges and nailed them to the cross. Every sin I ever did, every, every transgression I ever did, every time I lied, every time I cheated, every time I stole, he took it and nailed it to his cross. only problem with that is I got some people who want to fight with me and say, see, there's no generational curses for Tracy because he nailed it to the cross. Well, that's poppycock. That's British for trash. That's rubbish. Because you see, we each walk an individual walk, and we have to allow the work of the cross to work in our lives. And therefore, if we, we have to be the one to be the curse breakers in our lives. We have to choose if we're going to break the curse or not. We have to choose if we're going to show up or not. We have to choose if we're going to stay or not. But we have been given the work of the cross, and he has nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah, that record against us. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Oh, oh, oh. oh my. Let me put this I'm a little bit. I'm going to. I'm going to put for the we, I'm going to put my name, and I'm going to put a sin. I'm not going to ask you what sin it should be. I'll pick the sin. Amen. I'm afraid one of you is going to say, oh, yeah, bro. no, we ain't going to do that. Lying, okay? What shall Tracy say then? Shall Tracy continue lying that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall Tracy that is dead to lying. Live any longer in lying. How can I keep living in lying if I'm supposed to be dead to it? When you come into a church, brothers and sisters, in 2021, I'm talking about a true church. I'm talking about a church that was founded on the day of Pentecost. I'm talking about a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church 
which I really have confidence and feel like that I am part of and pastor here at Family Worship Center, that when you come into a church, you are supposed to start dying out to the old stuff that's in your life. Amen? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen. The door is wide open for you to come in. I, I, want, I want people come in here with addictions. I want people coming in here with trash in their lives. I want people coming in here that the police are looking for. Dear God in heaven, there was one service. I had somebody who was wanted, and I had another cop sitting in the service. That's all right. You know why? Because one of these days I want the town drunk, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, sitting beside the chief of police, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about not just any old church is going to do. I'm talking about you got to find you a church that's the original. you got to find you the classic. you got to find you the ones that were birthed on the day of Pentecost that they preach it straight and say, this is wrong and this is wrong, but this is right. Get ready for the coming of the Lord. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is coming sometime soon. We all better get ready. Oh, hallelujah. Galatians 5, 16. I, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. The Holy Spirit wasn't guiding that old boy's lives when he was F, piloted the F-bomb dropping. B-52 F-bomb, carpet bombs, carpet bombs. Let the Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Uh-huh. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants to do. How can, you, how can people call themselves Christians Oh, we're just, we're just, uh, this is, this is, this must be the new, the new, uh, 21st century Christian. Oh yeah, we're just, we're just depressed. My husband and I, we're just depressed. I think we're probably going to go out of town this weekend, you know, with some friends and, you know, we'll probably, we'll probably, he'll, he'll probably go get some beers at the bar with the boys. And, and then, you know, we may both gamble a little bit and play some slots while we're there. And then, you know, then we'll head back home and rest a little bit. Praise the Lord. I'm in church. Well, that one scripture in 1 Corinthians says drunkards won't get in the kingdom. Does anybody remember that scripture? Drunkards won't make it in the kingdom. Gamblers. Now, there's nothing that says thou shalt not gamble that I've read in the scriptures. But it does talk about getting gain quickly and easily and how it's a deceiver. Years ago, I'm going to confess my sin, okay? Years ago, we were preaching down in Alabama. And we went to this truck stop. The, the, the restaurant was in this truck stop. And that's when, that was in, back in the 90s. You remember way back in the 90s? That's when the, the phones had cords in the wall. You remember that? Remember that? And, and you know, when you flushed the toilet, it took five gallons of water. You know? You could flush 300 golf balls in one of those. Not seven, all right. But we're at this truck stop, and and that's when they came out with those quarter slide machine things. And you drop the quarter in, and then it pushes the quarters out, and they all slide. And you can't shake it, you know. You look around like because it's going to go crazy. All right, so I'm like, 
Amy, I, I just got to do this. I just got to do this. So I had a buck or two of quarters, and I put it in. And lo and behold, I like five bucks or seven bucks came out. I should have walked away and gave it to missions. She said, what are you doing? I said, if I got this, what, I can get some more. And you can get some more and some more. By the time I was done, I was out two bucks. The two original bucks plus the five or the seven bucks of one. All right? So for sure, I was, I mean, for sure I was out the two bucks and the experience. And now a preaching illustration. Because that greed, talks about greed up in 1 Corinthians. Says the greedy won't make it either. You see what I'm saying? So what is it, what kind of testimony? What about what about somebody that gets in line at Walmart in front of you and the cashier messes something up and, and they've got a shirt on that says Family Worship Center, a healing place for a hurting world, and then they, they just start cussing out and, and berating and, and treating the cashier just terrible. You don't want them in your church. You just say, please, take your shirt off right here. I know it's going to be indecent exposure, but please, just take your shirt off and hand it to me. Because I do not want you saying that. I don't want you looking like that. I don't want you being known like that in public. Amen? Are you seeing what I'm saying? I'm talking about being real. Down to earth, rubber meets the road, Christianity. Where you know what? They knew they were Christians by the way they lived. They knew their lifestyle. Their lifestyle did not say one thing, and their words did not say another thing. Because talk is cheap. And if you go to any old church, you guys are all soldiers here. You guys are soldiers. You keep coming back. And you know, if you put enough sugar in the water, Grandma always said they keep coming back. That's, she, she did me. She put sugar on the rice and raisins. She put sugar on the coffee bread. She put sugar on the steamed crackers. And, brother, I went there every day. Every day. Oh, Tracy, just sit up there at the table. Just, yeah. She put that piece of bread on that plate, and then she put sugar on it. She didn't sprinkle it on there, man. She had a mound. And over on the stove was the coffee. Remember this? Percolating. In the percolator pot. That's what a coffee pot really is. And she'd take that coffee and she'd pour it over that sugar and that bread. And it'd dissolve that sugar. And I'm telling you, for the next 10 minutes, I ate that bread. And she said, now you better go home to your mama. I was sugared up and ready to go. Amen. But you keep coming back. You keep coming back because I believe you want to live for God hard. You know, it's hard to live for God easy, but it's easy to live for God hard. It's easy to be committed. It's easy to be sold out. It's easy to be down. You just get down on the rubber where the rubber meets the road and say, I'm going to live like this. I'm going to live like this. I need, I need some people, okay? I need three people this week to join me in fasting, okay? I've been fasting since the middle of October. And every time I think I'm going to get to stop, something else happens in my life. So I just keep fasting. I don't fast a lot of days a week, but I'll pick a meal or two and I'll go after it. So is anybody can help me just fast a meal this week? Where are you? There's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, th six. Thanks, awesome. You know what I'm saying? We're going to fast for this church, that this church goes to the next level. 
I believe that we can have a booming red hot Holy Ghost church and still live strong Christianity. Amen. And still look like out in the world, we can still look like Christians. We can still talk like Christians. Amen. I, you know, somebody was out there. They had a, uh, uh, pulled up beside a car. I knew whose car it was. I've said this before. It had a cross hanging off a mirror. And I said, Ain't that something, Lord? He said, what do you mean? He already knew. He wanted me to tell him. See, I knew that this woman had left her husband for another man. This is probably why I ain't got no friends. But me and Jesus, we just got our own thing going. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, she got this cross hanging around her mirror of her car, but she just left her husband for another man. Now, according to your word, Lord, I had to remind him of his word. Have you ever had to do that? You know, the Lord said in Isaiah, where's that scripture? Remind me. He says, I want you to remind me. Uh-huh. He said, they have the symbol, but they do not have the substance. I said, well, ain't that something? I don't want to walk around with just a symbol. I want to walk around with substance. I want when people hear my name, what they associate me with is living strong for the Lord. I want when people see me, they say, he lives for the Lord. There goes a good guy right there. Not for my reputation, not for my vainglory. I'm just saying I want to make sure that I give a good witness to the church. I give a good witness to the kingdom for what the work of the kingdom has done in my life. Because, listen, the work of the kingdom in my life brought me out of sin, put me on a path of forgiveness. I asked God to forgive me. He forgave me. I got baptized. He filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost, and I've been walking that way ever since. Have I ever tripped up? Yes, I've tripped up. Have I ever messed up? Yes, I've messed up. But guess what? I get back up, and I keep on going. Amen. We're just like weebles. We, we wobble, but we do not fall down. Amen. Weebles wobble, but they do not fall down. I want to be a pastor of a Holy Ghost-filled church of weebles, Holy Ghost-filled weebles that they might wobble once in a while under the stress and under the pressure, but they do not fall down. They get punched, and they get punched, and they get attacked, and they get attacked. And when they get attacked, what do they do? They just hit their knees and pray in the Holy Ghost even more, and they just go after it more and more and more. How hungry are we to be the church and not just any old church? How hungry are we to be a church of power and not just a church of socialites? Come on now, somebody. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. We all have good intentions. We all want to do it, but there's always the evil forces that try to pull us back. Paul said, when I tried to do good, evil was always present with me. And he said, then the thing, this thing I found out, the more that I tried to do the things I wanted to do, that's when I did more of the things I didn't want to do. So there's a constant war in me. He finally said, oh, wretched man that I am. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, 
quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, oh, wild parties, and other sins like these. What did he call them? He called them sins. He called them sins. Oh, my Lord, that's hate speech today. They're already telling pastors in Canada what they can preach and what they can't preach. Don't think that it's not coming here. Don't think that it's not coming here. But see, any old church will get around that and get by with it. But what are we going to be? Are we going to fall in line with any old church? Or are we going to have to be different? Might cost some of us our lives. I know that's hard to believe in America. But we're in the end of time. The Lord is coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. He's coming. All of these things he calls sins. He said, let me let tell you again, as I have before. You know what he was saying? Let me repeat myself. In case you didn't understand in English, I'll tell you in Spanish. As I've told you before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, will not inherit the kingdom of God. You say, Pastor, you're preaching this awful hard. You better make sure you're backing it up. Baby, I think I can back it up. In my refrigerator out in my garage, there ain't going to be no Budweiser's or Bud Lights. Nothing. Underneath my bed, there's not going to be a baggie full of marijuana for me to smoke to just make me calmer. I'm not addicted to prescription pills. I'm not addicted to pornography. I do forget to get my sticker for my license plate once in a while. A few months down the road, I'll that happens at times. I haven't cheated on my wife ever. Amen. Don't plan on it. You going to stay with me? All right. Just checking. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying I'm preaching you. I'm living what I'm preaching. I don't cuss. I don't rant. I don't wait, rave. I don't go home and beat my wife. Have I ever beat you? Never. I don't do that kind of stuff. I grew up in a home where it was prevalent. We didn't ever have beer in the refrigerator because he would drink it at grain bin temperature, barn temperature. Oh, yeah. Start out, well, that's when it was flats. It wasn't cubes in it. It was flats. 24 flats. There'd be three or four in the oats bin. Tracy, go get me a beer out of the oats bin. Okay. Have to have a six-pack before he can milk the cows, keep his, get his hands from shaking. 5.30 in the morning. That's what I grew up with. Guess what? I don't want any part of that life. I don't want the, I want to inherit the kingdom. That's why I'm in the church like this. That's why I've been in the kingdom like this, walking this way for 40 years, because I don't want the dark side. 
I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to lose out with God. I don't want to, hey, I'm, I'm going to get on the living, winning side and stay there. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Hallelujah. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Guess what? We're going to have to die. The reason all these seeker-friendly churches are big is because there's not been a lot of crucifixions going on. They haven't killed their lust. They haven't killed their desire. They haven't killed their addictions. They haven't killed their desire for all that mess. They've got the substance, the symbol, but they don't have the substance. Y'all okay? Can I finish? You all right, Bernie? You coming back next time? All right, good. There have been a lot of things nailed to the cross. First of all, he nailed all all of our sins to to the cross, and now we're nailing. Our sinful nature is getting nailed to the cross, and people have to die. People don't like to die. Dying is no fun. We've never done it, but we think it's no fun. Okay? Dying's no fun. You know, the Scripture comes to me, if they want, they want to kill me, the Scripture comes to me, well, I'll prefer my brother. Let him go first. Hallelujah. Let him go. Well, you, we, people have to die, and dying is hard. Dying is hard. You know what? In this church, there's, there's ex-addicts and ex-holics. Kevin struggled with alcohol. Nathan. A lot of us struggle with things in our lives. A lot of us struggle with temper, anger. How about it? We have, all of us have things we struggle with, but we're willing to make them die, and we're willing to put them out. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. In my house, there are men... Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. So, let's provoke one another. Now, I'm closing with this. Old song. Old song. I'm talking old. By a group called the Imperials. Anybody remember the Imperials? Remember Watergrave? You know, there has to be some crucifixions in our life. You know, the Lord has sent Ginger into my life for me to help get her to the other side. Amen. I heard that up in the balcony. And I must say that she's doing quite well. Now, if you'd asked me a year ago, she'd probably been about a D minus. But she's moving up. We're going to make her a C plus. Yeah, you got still got some room to go. We were talking one day about a situation in her life. And don't even try to guess because she has so many. I don't even try to guess. Her, her, her life is like a pan, or like a waffle. It's all those little squares. 
okay? So we're talking about this little square over here in this sector. And she said, no, it's okay, because you're going to like this when I get done with it. <laughs> you never like it when the surgeon's working on you. You only like it when they say, you're about to smell flowers. Take a deep breath. And the next thing you know, you're waking up. It's all over. She's like, I don't know why this bothers me so much. And I said, because you're not dead to it. You haven't crucified it. I said, when you see, if you, there's a dead man on the ground, and you walk up and you just kick that dead man, what's he going to do? Nothing. If he did set up, we'd be running. We know who the chicken was, when we? You kick him again, he ain't doing nothing. He's a dead man. He doesn't feel it. He doesn't respond. And I said, the way you know you're dead to something is after you've crucified it and it doesn't bother you anymore. I said, okay. I said, I redeemed myself from the waffle in the compartments. But it's true. We have to crucify the old man. And everybody in this house today and everybody watching online that's a member of this church, you're crucifying stuff. You're getting stuff out of your life that shouldn't be there. We're not just coming to church and looking good and, and walking out the door and, and living like the devil. You know, I could preach a message, and I ought to one of these days if I could ever put it together eloquently and make it make sense about mask that people wear. Because we all wear masks. We all wear masks to church, and everybody says, Hey, Brother Dave, how you doing? And he said, Doing good. And behind the mask, we're falling apart. They see us at work, and everything looks good. Because we put masks on. All of us put masks on. I tell you, the worst place in display of masks is social media. A lot of people get depressed on social media. They get on there and they get depressed because everybody else is doing so good. And they're trying to figure out how everybody else is doing so good and inside behind their mask, they're just crumbling and falling apart. It's because you're just seeing the mask that everybody's putting on for Facebook. You're just seeing the mask. You ain't going to put the bad stuff on there. They're not going to put the bad stuff of the, of the car repo guy backing into the driveway and hauling off with your car because you didn't pay your payments and there's skid marks down the concrete driveway at your house because you didn't even wait for the keys. They just drag her out and take it. You think they're going to post that on Facebook? Just got a visit from the car repo guy. He took her Escalade. Maybe we should have made a few more payments. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So there's got to be a time. Let's all stand. There's got to be a time of crucifixion. And you all... As a pastor, I say, I am so thankful for each and every one of you. Changing things in your life. Changing circumstances. Changing lifestyles. Making it, making it all. Can we do that? Do you think we can do that? Catherine? I know, Clark, you're going to just cringe. Jonathan, can we do uh, Watergrave by the Imperials? This is how I wanted to close this message. 
I'm going to quote you the, the lyrics. I got the lyrics. But maybe I'll just let you hear it for our altar call today, our altar song. The lyrics go like this. Oh, I got me locked out. I'm sorry. Because you're going to need that computer. I know. I'm so sorry. You see, I'm not thinking ahead of myself again. Okay? I'm just trying to do better. There's going to have to be a... Okay. There's the lyrics to the song. In my house, there's been a mercy killing. The man I used to be has been crucified. And the death of this man was the final way of revealing. In the spiritual way to live, I had to die. You see, in order for us to live to Christ, we're going to have to die to ourselves. Any old church folks not just going to die to themselves. They're going to keep doing all their addictions. They're going to keep hating their neighbor. The, Jesus said, the first commandment I give you is love your neighbor. They're going to not forgive when Jesus said 70 times 7 every day. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There has to be a change when you come to church. Not just any old church. I'm talking about the church, the kingdom of the living God. Now, if I let the dead man linger in me, I might get a little idle in my way. So I'm going down to the Celebration River and take this dead man down to a water grave. Hallelujah. Oh, man. Yeah. You got it? You found it? Of course, I'm going down to the river. I'm going to be buried alive. I want to show my Heavenly Father the man I used to be has finally died. He didn't come to save us in our sin. He came to save us from our sin. Amen? Amen. Now, when I think of where I'm going in terms of where I've been, it makes me glad to know, my Lord, that I've been born again. Now, when I think of where I'm going in terms of where I've been, it makes me glad to know, my Lord, that I've been born again. And one more slide. The Evan Lutheran Church a few weeks ago elected their first transgender bishop, the Reverend Megan Rohrer, a pastor in San Francisco. Imagine that, San Francisco. Was elected bishop of the Sierra Pacific Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We're coming down to the end, brothers and sisters, and the devil's wanting to dilute the church. The devil is wanting to dilute the church. So the church is going to have to stand strong. Amen. Are we ready? I want you to just enjoy this song. As you, We're just going to stand and enjoy the song, and it's going to just take a few minutes. Amen. Get us a widescreen.
crucify that man. Any old church won't do. If you're online and you're watching this, if you're listening to this on the podcast from miles away, maybe halfway around the world, and you listen to this, you got to find you a church that's going to preach about killing the old man inside. They're going to preach about killing the old nature and letting Christ live in you. Amen. Letting Christ live in you. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person here today. I just pray, Lord, they were encouraged. I pray, Lord, they were strengthened and edified. I pray, God, that we walk out of this place, this building that we call a church, but, Lord, as the church exits this building and the church infiltrates into the neighborhoods and into the communities, that, Lord, you will put a light of separation upon us, a light of separation in our hearts and our lives. Help us, God, to crucify that old man that's trying to raise himself up again inside of us, that, Lord, he will be put down in a water grave once and for all, and that we will raise to newness of life, and we will walk, each of us, Lord, each and every person in this room will walk in a new anointing and in a new blessing and in a new dimension of faith this week. God, move us up to the next level. We're hungry for it. Move us up to that next level, that next dimension, that next move that you want to do in our lives and in this church. And we just ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Go find your water grave.